Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. We have a great show in store for you today. We're going to be talking all about how construction technology is helping build the new America, both our infrastructure and our workforce. But first, I want to always remind you to subscribe to our 365 e-newsletter, and this can help you stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting construction. And we've been writing about fleet maintenance, telematics, and so much more. And you can do this by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. On today's show, we're going to be talking about building the new America. From bridges to roads to utilities, America's infrastructure is crumbling. And this is kind of impacting every business across the country. By 2025, most of you have already heard poor infrastructure could cost almost $3.9 trillion to the U.S. GDP. Now, this is the time as we should all be thinking about rebuilding. The challenge, however, at the same time is the industry is facing a skilled worker shortage. Now, we've talked a lot about this, and nearly every construction company today is being impacted. The lack of workers can mean project delays and price increases. But think about this. Technology can help build this new America. But how? What is the technology? How can it help? Can you afford it? What's the alternative? Now, have you thought about that? Now, these are all really great questions. And I have a great guest today that I believe can help us get to the bottom of all of these questions that I just posed to you. So please join me in welcoming today Ralph Guti, who's the co-founder and CTO of PlanGrid. Ralph, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Peggy. So, Ralph, let's really get to it. First of all, for all my listeners who might not know, let's talk about an overview of PlanGrid. Well, PlanGrid, at PlanGrid, we try to write software that construction teams really love to use. So what that means is really easy to use document management, project management, just anything that you're doing in the field. We focus on field software. We try to make it much easier and faster um, to get that data from the field into the office where you can make better decisions. So what that means in terms of product lines is PlanGrid offers document management, sheets, blueprints, issue tracking, progress photos, RFIs, submittals, and a whole lot of other types of uh, features that help you build smarter and faster. And for all of those who are out there and you say this, you know, when you started PlanGrid, you didn't do it alone. You were a co-founder of that and you did it with Tracy Young. So all of us who are excited about men and women starting this space, which is exciting, right? Because we have a shortage of both the young millennials in the industry. We have a shortage of women in the industry. So it's exciting to kind of think about not only are we trying to excite new millennials in the industry, we're also trying to excite women in the industry. But you came together as a team to figure out, hey, we've got not only great technology, but we also understand that women have to be in the industry. How are you guys doing that together right now? Well, for us at PlanGrid, you know, we try to help the industry however we can. So um, just trying to find as, as many people as we can that are good at, you know, kind of working together and getting work done together and, you know, just 
doing the best we can. So at PlayGrid, we bring in a very diverse workforce to be able to build software for construction. Um, and we also do a variety of things around the construction industry, whether that be hosting events. Um, we have a, a lot of events with women in construction in our office, as well as, as other events for like heavy civil and stuff like that as well. And see, and that's important because the construction industry as a whole now has had to think about being open to adopting technology, and it hasn't. I mean, we've had this kind of reputation as being laggards. I think we've kind of shed that reputation for the last few years. But now with solutions like you guys are bringing to market, we're starting to see that you've got to do a whole lot more in being collaborative and being open and adopting that you think that's important right now and, and being confident in the solutions that you adopt and not only understanding that technology can actually be fun and exciting, not only for the young millennials that we're talking about, for women coming in the industry, but where the industry can go and where you can be innovative and be a trendsetter, correct? Oh, yes, absolutely, for sure. I think that one thing we've noticed is that um, a lot of the software that's been available to construction over the last 10 or 20 years is really built um, kind of for enterprise desktop usage, um, which tends to be somewhat complicated. It can be powerful, but extremely complicated to use, hard to, to really understand. And with the wave of consumer software like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, these really easy-to-use, um, powerful collaboration products, we've, we've taken some of this kind of um, new building, new way of building product and brought it to construction. Um, so instead of using this kind of old, clodgy uh, thing that's a bit slow and kind of complicated, more suited for a desktop, we have a very powerful, easy-to-use mobile product um, that, you know, is... It, make sure that the field actually uses it. One thing we've noticed is that, you know, people buy software for construction, but then it ends up sitting on a shelf unused or only used by the management team and not used by the team that's actually building the building. So is that part of the problem that we're talking about? If we have software that we buy and it sits on a shelf, that's part of the problem. We have to buy Absolutely. software that people are adopting and they feel comfortable using. So if it's too hard, it's not something that they feel comfortable using, they're not going to use it. So you have to know the industry. You have to make software that is for the industry using it. That's right. And I think, as you mentioned before, you know, our co-founders, two of us came from construction and two of us came from technology. Um, so I know a lot about programming, I know a lot about technology, but I really didn't understand anything about construction. And for Tracy, she knew a lot about construction, <laughs> um, but didn't know much about technology. So this is really the best of both worlds. So, and that's funny because when you guys talk about that, some of you guys were engineers, you knew the hospital industry, you know, cause, cause you're not just in construction, you knew about building, you know, vertical market things. So yeah, you know, what that required to build a lot of different places, right? I mean, so it's kind of a thing that you have to know when you're building things in the owner space, what the, 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 different types of commercial construction. And that requires a lot of different insight in order to be able to make those projects work, right? Correct? Yeah, that's actually a very, that's a very good point. Um, one of the challenges to build a company like PlanGrid is having a really broad solution that's powerful in a lot of contexts. So we started um, with hospitals. You know, that's, as you mentioned, that's where Tracy's background was. Um, also, hospitals have a lot of complicated, challenging needs, especially in California, um, with OSHA standards and inspections that Plangrid can be extraordinarily helpful to. 
so we really focused on some of the more complicated buildings initially. And then what we found was, you know, if it's good enough to build a hospital, it's good enough to build a high rise. It's good enough to build a strip mall. Um, so if we focus on the, the larger, more complicated buildings, we build things much more complicated than hospitals now, um, that everything else kind of falls in line afterwards. Most of us like to think hospitals need to be complicated because if we're hurt, that's the first place we want to go, right? So when we think about <laughs> the other things that are complicated, it's really not. But it is, right? I mean, that's your really key point that you're making. But in construction, it's complicated to build things. And it's an interesting point because some of those trends in technology that you talk about have made it complicated. Let's talk about some of those because construction is going through a lot of different things and we're using a lot of advanced technology like drones and robots and things. And software has come into play to be able to pull those technologies together to be able to get, give us real-time information to make the best decisions, correct? That's correct. So, so how do we do that? How do we do that, you know, and understanding when we're trying to get that skilled workforce to be able to get mm. real-time information, to be able to make scheduling, collaboration decisions, all of those things that we talk about, how do we get the right workforce, the best technology? How do you pull that all together to make that happen? Oh, wow. That's a great question. There's a lot of facets to the answer here. Um, I think there's a combination of two things. Uh, bringing in new, new, uh, people into the workforce, normally people from college or from school. Um, the younger generation certainly is more technologically advanced than the older generation. Uh, even for myself, I have trouble using Snapchat nowadays and my cousins help me use it. So, <laughs> um, you know, certainly the younger crowd is going to have an advantage when it comes to technology. Um, but for the workforce that's already there, there's a lot we can do for training. Um, and we've seen some great things happening in the unions. We have a partnership with NECA, for instance, where they're retraining a lot of the labor force that's out there, getting them up, uh, skilled up on technology, um, which, you know, just a few basic classes and a few basic trainings can really help people out a lot when it comes to how to use an iPad or how to just get the basics down. Um, we find that often, you know, as we think about drones and 3D imagery and all these complicated pieces of technology, really just email, general communication, word processing, Excel documents. There's a lot of basic training that we can do to really help people out as well, get comfortable using technology. Ralph, you're not alone in the Snapchat world, so don't feel bad. We're, there's a few of us <laughs> like you. So when you think about this technology that you were just saying, do you foresee like that we have to keep pace going? in order to get the millennials to understand or to feel excited about this because we're talking about some of the things that you just said that it's going to keep exponentially and even growing even faster. And we don't even, when we think about AI and machine learning, all of that's going to come into play in construction that's going to drive some of this even faster when we think about sensors at the job site and incorporating that to maybe even manufacturing at the job site and all of these other things and software is going to be integrated to how we do things differently? That's right. I mean, for, for us at PlanGrid, for instance, we use a ton of AI and machine learning to provide a product that we provide to the industry, but our customers might not realize it. Um, a lot of the machine learning and a lot of the AI we use internally, it basically just makes things easier for our customers. So it's not like there's a big magic wand that says, you know, artificial intelligence in use during this part of the product. Um, it's actually kind of uh, just seamless in the experience. So for some of these um, things like drones, AI, predictive analytics, 
It'll really be the technology partners that you choose in the industry. You won't have to have doctorates in mathematics kind of understanding cutting-edge machine learning. What you have to do is pick the right partners from a technology perspective that will help kind of uh, – you'll go there together uh, rather than you having to go there alone. Isn't that the key, though, in order for us when we talk about America's infrastructure and us thinking about that, we have to have companies like yourself that are thinking about AI and machine learning in order for us to do this new America that we talk about, in order for us to figure out what we're going to be doing in, in repairing our roads, our bridges, and all this. We can't have autonomous vehicles. We can't have these smart cities without doing that. And companies like yourself have to be thinking about this and, and don't have to be, you know, putting up big signs that say, hey, we've got AI on everything, machine learning on everything. It just has to be seamless behind the scenes because that's just a natural part of the evolution of all this technology, like you just said. That's right. And so when we look at that, when we're, we're thinking about all of this, how do we then think about what that next big, is it, is it a part of big data? Is it a part of putting things to the cloud, to the edge, when we're connecting yeah. all of our devices? How, do, how does a construction company understand and decipher this all? Because if I'm listening right now and you and I are talking, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm sitting there going, Okay, Ralph, yeah. help me sort through this then, because that's exactly what they're sitting there going, I'm still not getting it. I'm I'm like big. I'm raising my hand going, I don't get it. I mean, that's really what they're saying. <laughs> well, that's, that's a really good question. I would say, you know, honestly, just take it slow and one step at a time. From a lot of our customers and all the people we've come out and met in the construction industry, um, you know, they're worried about AI machine learning, but yet a lot of their job site is still ran off paper. <laughs> They haven't digitized, um, you know, they haven't taken the first steps into technology. And the first steps in modern technology is digitization. It's no longer working off paper forms, no longer working off paper blueprints. It's using these things on devices, on applications, and being able to store and archive them in a safer place, keep them, you know, accessible, and be able to extract data out of them that you didn't have before. So initially, I would say one thing I've noticed with construction is there's a lot of leadership in construction. Um, there's a lot of great owners, great businessmen, great businesswomen in construction. And I think that one thing that business people learn how to do is to, to hire, to hire the right people to kind of move you forward. So my suggestion to a lot of your listeners that would be out there that might feel similar to you is to not worry. Um, this is a problem for every industry right now. <laughs> even even for us as a technology company, PlanGrid, we work with maybe 30 or 40 vendors, technology vendors, you know, Microsoft, Apple, um, other smaller technology vendors as well that help us build better software for construction. And just like you're building a building for some owner, um, you're going to work with a variety of people to do it and just pick the best ones. So hire a really good IT director, hire a good CIO, um, you know, give good performance reviews, understand what your business needs, what type of initiatives you need to keep your business productive and uh, hold them accountable for it. So I'd say a lot of, you know, take this stress that you're feeling from the business side and put it into a team, um, potentially an IT team to help you deploy and understand this technology. That would be my suggestion for a lot of people out there. So if I'm hearing you, it sounds like technology is helping with recruiting, but how do you do that? You've just flipped it on its ear a little bit so that you, you've just described another way, but how do you do that? Because it sounds like we've got a labor shortage. Oh, go ahead. 
well, you just described the labor shortage we have in construction. So how do we yep. use that to get and find these people? I mean, recruiters aren't necessarily the best ones at finding the best people for what we want because I'm not picking on Google and Apple, but if I'm a construction yeah. company right now, I'm going, Apple and Google are getting them all and we can't get them in construction because that's what they tell us all the time. So what do we do when we're in the construction? Well, you know, there's a, there's certainly a, a labor shortage for programmers. Um, that's, you know, for instance, I, I recruit engineers and we're always trying to recruit engineers. I think the challenge with software development hiring is somewhat similar um, to the type of pressures that construction's feeling. I would say you've got two types of people you're looking for. You're either looking for somebody that's in the field that actually is building buildings that understands construction, and you want them to be technologically cutting edge, and that will be a challenge for you to hire that person. But an IT director <laughs> is a little bit more horizontal. It could be something that's not specifically part of the construction industry. You could hire someone from even the consumer side um, where maybe there's a little bit less pressure, um, but they could still help you have cutting edge technology. So I would just look outside the box a little bit if you know, maybe if in the domain of construction it's challenging to hire, maybe there's another domain that there's advanced technology that you could bring in to kind of organize yourself um, and be helpful. Um, otherwise, as far as recruiting in the construction industry, one thing we've noticed really successful at PlanGrid is recruiting through universities. Universities uh, at PlanGrid and many other technology companies con- in construction have really good partnerships with the universities and the trades and the unions. Um, so this means that uh, you know, people are getting training at that level when they're getting the training before they hit the field. So try to participate in those universities and those unions as much as you can. I think a lot of companies already do that, um, sponsoring events, sponsoring competitions, and that way you get people right as they're exiting school. Um, and we find that people that are coming out of school have a, a pretty advanced understanding of technology. They're, they're trained with PlanGrid, for instance, at many of the top universities in construction project management. What about when we talk about the actual worker labor type of labor shortage? Any advice yeah. for that who, you know, that is a little different that maybe isn't the engineer when we talk about what's going to really work on a project in the field a little bit? Any advice on that end of it? Well, we we, we have great partnerships with the unions. Um, I think getting labor's you know, the, the trades out there that have been there for a while that might not be technologically cutting edge, getting them to go back and retrain with the unions, you know, whether that be NECA, whether that be the Carpenters Union, just, you know, whatever trade they're part of, the unions have been super helpful for us in kind of building out these retraining programs. So that's definitely a strong example for if you've got a workforce that, you know, you might not think is as cutting edge as it could be, um, just to work with your local chapter to see what kind of programs they offer. They, they've, you know, every union we've worked with has been offering a lot more, um, even on a regional basis, uh, even kind of close to you, some classes um, that could help you out. So that's that's one example. And then the other example I would say is by adopting technology, and this is something you've hinted at, by adopting technology, the purpose of technology is productivity, um, is to try to help less people do more. Um, and certainly by adopting technology, you can you can help yourself a bit um, if you're having trouble recruiting enough of the team to, to build what you want to build. Do you think that right now when we look at this, that a lot of these projects were facing a lot of challenges right now, that not getting these projects done on time, we lack, we're not getting the projects we need because we can't get the teams. It's, it's a catch-22. Are, are we yeah. going to be able to manage this in time or are we going to run into, huh, no pun intended, a brick wall because we're not getting them done? Um, what, what are we, what are we going to do here? Cause we're talking about over 2 million in shortage here. 
Well, I mean, immediately, um, the, the biggest needs most likely the adoption of technology, um, not just machine learning and AI, but also just kind of basic technology like word processing, single sign-on, um, you know, proper IT configuration, mobile device management. These are all pretty basic things that can really help organize you as a business. So there's a lot of, uh, of course, you know, I'm attempting not to plug PlanGrid. PlanGrid's hugely helpful for every type of construction project, um, whether it be, uh, you know, anything from a residential project up to the largest skyscrapers going up in New York, um, PlanGrid's on it. And we're there and existing as a company because we help with productivity quickly. Um, so <laughs> certainly, you know, PlanGrid and, you know, some, some similar software out there could be a big help for you. Um, if, if you're having trouble getting the job done on time, that's what we're, we're there for is to help our customers get their job done on time, get it done under budget. And we have a, a huge amount of examples and case studies of us being able to help people do this. But otherwise, I would majorly suggest it's, it's most likely if you've got a recruiting team at your company, you might need to double it. <laughs> Recruiters are also a horizontal um, thing, meaning that, you know, you don't have to find a construction recruiter. You've just got to find a really good recruiter and then just get them out there calling everybody they can. That's what we do for recruiting engineers, for instance. So I'd say a combination of um, <laughs> intense recruiting, a combination of retraining. Um, certainly, I think that with at least my feeling is that technology and construction have really picked up over the last seven years. They've come hand in hand. I believe that what we're seeing in the university system and in the trades is um, hopefully more people signing up to be workers, to be laborers, to be engineers on job sites. Um, but in the meantime, retraining and uh, adopting a technology to really help with productivity are probably my, my best suggestions. What do you think we've missed? I mean, we've kind of missed the mark in some areas and we've excelled in other areas, but in general right now, it's an exciting time for construction. We might have been slow to see the opportunities, but now it's a great opportunity for construction because we're at an infrastructure time right now. I mean, you know, it's when yeah. the infrastructure we have to address our roads or bridges and all these things that we talk and, and we have to fix them. They're failing. The, the report card that we know that America's infrastructure scored a D plus and we know that Congress and states must invest an additional 206 billion each year to prevent economic consequences, you know, to families, business and the economy. And we know all these numbers. We've heard them all right. And, and we're saying that, you know, it's seven trillion lost to business sales by 2025, right? You know, these probably better than I, I could recite all kinds of numbers that are in my head, but you know it, we all know it. What the time is right. So if you had to say right now, what we had to do, what would it be? Oh, I mean, it's to be brave, to go out there and make the risks bid on these projects to get to, to try to build businesses that will actually take on these projects and make money doing it. That's, that takes a lot of bravery. I, I know there's a lot of money available for this heavy civil work and there's not necessarily people raising their hand to take it on. Um, especially to take it on with the right type of margins in mind. So adopt the right technology, be brave and go out there and make those bids. Um, the other suggestion I'd have is when you're adopting the right technology, take on a scientific approach. And it's scientific approach, meaning, you know, kind of test it out, have an hypothesis over what's best, work with your teams, build some data, come to a conclusion. 
um, or take the Pepsi challenge. I mean, that's normally what we tell our customers. Just try um, a few different projects that you've got, maybe some small ones. Try it with software A, try it with software B, see which one the team loves, see which one helps you build faster, see which one helps you build on time, and then go with that. Um, so I would say there's a combination of things that need to happen uh, to, to be able to take advantage of the money that's out there and to be able to take advantage of um, the type of infrastructure building that we need. And if we're not getting the labor we need, we just need to build smarter. Are we right now in this point that when you tell companies to be brave, you know, when we look at right now that we're able to use BIM, I mean, we've had BIM for 10 years and we've been talking about BIM and we still haven't yeah. maximized BIM, right? But now yep. is the time to really understand BIM can do so much more in that collaboration world. I mean, there's so much opportunity just in looking at that. I mean, there's a lot of, I, I hate to say l- money we've left on the table, but when we look at technology, that's what we've done. Is there's yep. so much with te- the technology that they even have that they haven't really even digitized that in some of the things that they have? That's right. That's right. BIM is a really interesting one for me. Um, so my background is actually, I used to work at Pixar as a rendering engineer. So um, working in 3D is where I'm most comfortable. And, uh, you know, actually similar to my job at um, Pixar, I worked on turning large 3D models into really crisp 2D scenes. Um, and that's very similar to what we do at PlanGrid. We turn, for some of our customers that actually have access to the BIM model, um, PlanGrid is used to bring the BIM model to the field. We actually work with BIM. We uh, integrate directly with Revit, and then you can export your models directly into PlanGrid that, so they'll be utilized in the field. One of the challenges we've seen with BIM, I've seen two challenges with BIM. Um, the biggest challenge is just getting the BIM model into the field in a way that's useful to the field team. I mean, if you think about it, the field team on many job sites today is still working off of paper. Um, they're still making notes. You know, there's a smudge of grease there, a red mark there, and that's that's the blueprint. That's their source of truth for how they build. And you're trying to replace this with a full-on dense 3D model. It's a bit too much of a jump. Um, you need to kind of digest the model into easily understood ways. Uh, I'll give you an example. Even neurosurgeons, brain surgeons that are, you know, extremely intelligent, extremely skilled technologically, they have full 3D models of the brain. That's how we've been looking at the brain for 10 years as well. But we don't analyze it in 3D. We analyze it in the 2D cut sections. We actually take cut cuts of the brain and then look at them that way because it's much easier for us as humans to digest and parse that information. Um, same thing with bringing the BIM models into the field. So at PlanGrid, we feel that no software is done the right job bringing the BIM models to the field, but we will. We are right now bringing the BIM models to the field better um, and in a more clear way, in a way that the field is used to it. So that's one place we see PlanGrid fitting in. I'd say the other challenge with BIM, going back to that leapfrogging, BIM's amazing for clash detection. I mean, if you're working in MEP or something like that and you've got a lot of things happening happening behind a wall, being able to 3D model and clash detect all that is wonderful. Uh, also, similarly for large, heavy civil projects, um, you know, working in BIM can be really, really helpful when there's miles of road work or miles of bridges to be built. However, BIM has not taken on interiors um, at all. It's very complicated to be able to to model the complexities of an interior, even you know where a light socket is, the inches it's up from the ground. Um, being able to get this type of specificity and keep it up to date is a lot of maintenance and a lot of money and a lot of talent that companies might not have been prepared for. So where I think every company I've seen has taken advantage of BIM for clash detection, 
very, very few companies have been able to actually build off the model. It just becomes out of date too quickly. Um, and actually, just a side note, in Europe, there's actually a huge um, amount of companies that just work as consultants. <laughs> so there's this huge consulting industry of BIM people that'll just help you maintain your models because it's so much effort to maintain the model. So I think there's a lot of advantages on BIM. Um, we've been, you know, obviously listening to it, hearing about it, thinking about it for the entire seven years Plank Grid has been in existence. Um, but I think we're still a few years away from seeing the true power of BIM. Well, I have to tell you, this has been really enlightening. I've really enjoyed it. So, Ralph Guti, uh, co-founder and CTO of PlanGrid, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was wonderful, Peggy. All right. We appreciate it. Well, now you just heard that uh, it's time to bring the new America and even BIM to the forefront modeling. It's really an exciting time. So the new, the infrastructure opens up many opportunities for all of you and all of us here in the construction industry. So I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you've learned so much about what's happening here and the great opportunities for all of you now is the infrastructure has got a great opportunity because you, there's so much room to grow when you start with the D plus right in the report card. So thank you for joining all of us today. That's all the time we have and uh, stay tuned. Enjoy us next time. And I hope you've enjoyed this discussion of Con Expo, Con Ag Radio, which is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Stay tuned for all of the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. Again, thank you for tuning in to Conexpo Con Ag Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment.